sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Here's the old line. This is going to be a tough play. going on Cubs fans Sean Sears here previewing today's Friday episode it's a longer episode because I sat down with my friend and former host of the show Ryan Davis to get his take on what's going on with the Cubs particularly about uh, Thursday's game as they sweep the Mets officially and then we kind of talk a little about the Brewers and everything in between Ryan and I haven't had a chance to talk pretty much all season since he's been pretty busy and unable to do the show but um, we decided to sit down and kind of vent our frustrations together, so it was great. But before we jump into that interview, I do have a little bit of housekeeping I have to get to before we kick off the show. So today's show is brought to you by Postmates. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. So I've been saying here for the last couple weeks, make sure you download the Postmates app. If you use the code Locked On, you get yourself a hundred dollars in free delivery credits for your first week or seven days of using the app. Download Postmates. Use the code LOCKDOWN to get yourself $100 in free delivery. Stupid not to. You get Lockdown Cubs on the Himalaya app as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn app, Radio, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find Lockdown Cubs. And for some reason, if you can't, when you get into your car, tell your smart speaker to play podcasts, Lockdown Cubs, for all the great content. And then finally, make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. And you can follow Ryan. I didn't say this in the interview, but you can follow Ryan at Ryan Q. Davis. So without further ado, here is myself and Ryan Davis. What's going on, Cubs fans? You're listening to Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears, and joining me today is my former co-host and friend, Ryan Davis. You guys know him as the obvious starter of Locked On Cubs, the original host, and he's on today to talk some baseball. So, Ryan, what's going on, man? Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, nice to jump back into it occasionally and uh, be able to share my thoughts and frustrations with the Cubs, although I, I'm not as frustrated as I thought I would be today. Yeah, today worked out. Um, who would have thought Victor Carantini decided to make this the Victor Carantini game? That was awesome. But yeah, I share in your frustration and with this podcast too. It's been pretty annoying to go through some of these games, especially with how many late inning games they've dropped or games they've just lost in the first inning. So, But it's nice to have someone to vent with. I've missed uh, I've missed uh, just being upset about the Cubs with someone. Yeah, no, it's nice to to be able to vent that frustration with somebody, even if they inexplicably went on a road series and beat three pretty good pitchers uh, against a team that had been playing pretty well last month or two. I don't know the the team just they don't make any sense. 
they really don't. It, it, this is such a tough team to, to follow because, like you said, I mean, playing up against – I mean, you look at this Mets series and coming into this, the Cubs have just got swept by the Nationals. They're going on the road against three really good pitchers. You expect them to probably drop a couple of these games just because that's what they seem to be doing on the road. But then they're coming in sweep. These three really good pitchers, particularly tonight, winning 4-1, to one, all thanks to Victor Carantini and his two home runs. Like, that's insane. <laughs> that that's, that's the outcome we have right now as they go back home to face the Brewers. Yeah, and I, I told you this uh, before we went on, but I had kind of the fun fact for the whole thing, and this is how backwards the team is. Mm-hmm. I went and looked to see some of the pitchers they've beaten this year, and they've beaten... Kenta Maeda, Walker Bueller, Marco Gonzalez, Max Scherzer, Jack Flaherty, Lucas Giolito, and now Marcus Stroman, Noah Syndergaard, and Jacob Degrom. They also made Noah. I'm sorry. They also made Strasburg throw 113 pitches just to get through six innings against him the other day. Uh, they beat up Aaron Nola a little bit, but he still got the win. But then on the flip side, they've been held down by Wade Miley, Gio Gonzalez, Ivan Nova, Anthony DiSclefani. Brett Anderson, Anibal Sanchez, Joe Ross, Cal Quantrill, the ghost of Adam Wainwright. And here's the fun one. This one that really jumped out to me. I, I researched this myself. For the Colorado Rockies, Peter Lambert made his major league debut against the Cubs with seven innings of one run ball with nine strikeouts. I think you probably remember that. Mm-hmm. And then his next start was also against the Cubs. Uh, he went five innings, one run allowed. In total, that's 12 innings, 12 strikeouts, two earned runs in his first major league starts. He's started 13 games since those first two, and over those 13, he's pitched 62 and two-thirds innings with a 7.61 ERA. Just, like, go home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so they can – I mean, they, if – if they're going against a guy who is has a history or has has been reasonably good, mm-hmm. you feel like maybe they have a chance to beat him. If it's some junk baller or a kid making his major league debut who's in over his head, guaranteed they're going to get shut down. It's it's the most confounding thing. I think it's just just that really best way to describe how confusing and frustrating this team has been for I guess really the last three years. Right. And I think it's come to a head this year, obviously, because I I don't think you can keep doing this. (laughs) Like you can't keep hoping this baseball team just makes it on pure talent a lot of times. But it's just so hard to pinpoint what the problem is with this team, because like as talented of a team as this is, like, is there a more dysfunctional team in baseball? Like, no, absolutely not. Like maybe the Mets. And like, I guess in terms of who's a contender that's dysfunctional, I mean, I'm sure there's, I mean, the, the Orioles are a goddamn disaster, but I mean, in terms of who should be good, like the Cubs are a nightmare. Yeah. And I mean, the Pittsburgh's Pirates started out the season really well, and they've been just in the tank ever since. Um, the, the Cubs still have a decent amount of games with them, so that might play into their hand. But uh, yeah, just looking up and down the list, I don't see a lot of teams that are contenders that are as dysfunctional as the Cubs. Um, you can, you might be able to argue that the Brewers are technically a playoff contender just, you know, by where they sit. I think at this point, they're probably well, almost four games out of a wild card spot. So hard to see them really getting in at this point. Right. And you, you could argue that the talent level is 
uh, much lower in Milwaukee than with some of the other teams. But yeah, the Cubs, um, maybe the Red Sox, but are they a contender at this point? Um, I don't know. Five games out of a wild card spot right now, I think. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would say that the Cubs are probably <laughs> the most disappointing and dysfunctional real playoff contender in, in all of baseball. Right. I think without a question. And I don't know. I mean, I was on uh, Sean and Maya in the morning today, um, Sean Sierra's radio show, and he was asking me like questions about Joe Madden and if this guy's coming back and all this. And I was like, I mean, it really depends on what happens this year. Like if the Cubs just absolutely <laughs> shit the bed for like no lack of a better term in this last month and they end up not making the playoffs altogether. Like, yeah, Joe Madden's fired. But if the Cubs go on a run and like make it to the NLCS or even a World Series or even just win a playoff series, like I, maybe he stays. I don't know. Like, that's not really what I'm worried about. I want to know who the Cubs are going to put in center field every day next year. Like, I don't care who's managing the team at this point. Like, Joe Madden may have overstayed his welcome, but like, ultimately, you've got a group of guys that are pretty darn good that we can't seem to get the best out of. Yeah, I would say my personal opinion, and I've felt this way since the beginning of the season, is that Joe Madden's gone pretty much no matter what. Uh, I think that the only thing that might save him is winning a World Series. And even then, if if he happened to win a World Series again this year, the way he won a World Series in 2016, I still don't think it would save his job because they kind of won the World Series in spite of him right. in the postseason. <laughs> so... You know, if if he goes out there and they, you know, go on a run in the playoffs and get to the World Series and he makes a bunch of pitching decisions that nearly, you know, cause a collapse, but then he gets kind of bailed out, then no, I don't think he would be back. So I, I don't think, I think the kind of thing you would need to see from Joe Madden the rest of the way to save his job is something he's never really done with the team. And that's lead them on, you know, a a good enough stretch to get them hot going into the playoffs, which he has done. um, And then help be the manager that makes all the right moves in the postseason, which he has not really done. Um, And granted the majority of managers in baseball are kind of bad situationally. Um, you know, not, there are very few guys who really manage a bullpen very well. Right. Uh, so it's hard. It's hard to say that. You know, I can't sit here and say that I think there are better hires out there than Joe Madden. Um, I, I think that he's probably better than whatever they might bring in next year. But still, I I just don't see any way that they're going to roll with him again. Yeah, it just it just feels like if they were really sold on him, they they would have just extended him why would you even let him go into a contract season like this if you wanted to keep him i don't know i i I like joe madden and i i think he gets a lot more flack than he probably deserves but he's also deservingly gotten a lot because of some very weird crucial decisions and even this year like there's a handful i can think of right now where i'm just like why like they even like a couple nights ago there was a play in the first inning on uh against the mets yesterday that he probably should have challenged for a double play but he didn't really, and it was probably because he wanted to hold on to that challenger, you know, not using it that early on in the game. But it's also like you were probably going to win that and then keep your challenge. So why didn't you do this? Like, I don't know. It was just like it ended up being pretty yeah. inconsequential. But it's those little decisions where it's just like, man, you make this so hard on yourself sometimes. <laughs> it doesn't need to be this hard. I mean, it's a hard enough job as is. <laughs> 
All right, Cubs fans, we have to take a quick break from the interview with Ryan Davis to talk about Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra bit of confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable of the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you're ready whenever a moment arises. Now this isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal with our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring Lockdown Cubs. Yeah, and I mean, my my major complaint with him is that there seems to be a disconnect between him and the players at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and you get the kind of... Um, you get the mixed messages you hear from one side that the play he's kind of lost the players and they're kind of tired of his shtick. It's been a long time since we've seen magicians and petting zoos, right? Right. So that that stuff is gone. Um, you know, the players kind of pushed back against how much he uh, tinkered uh, with the lineups um, and and the way he did the lineup cards, not knowing when they'd be playing. Uh, so they pushed back against that. Theo Epstein went to him and asked him to change it. And then his initial reaction was, no, I want to do it more. Um, <laughs> until he finally agreed to start putting the lineup cards out in advance. So, like, it, it's just this. And at the same time, you'll hear uh, people say, well, no, the players still say they love Joe and, and and all this. And in general, I don't think whether you like your manager or not really should make a difference. These guys have been the core of this team they've won a world series together they made three straight nlcs together i don't think it's that this team doesn't want to win or that maybe they don't like their manager anymore so they don't want to win anymore they're not playing that's not it that's not the case at all you know these guys are trying so i don't again i don't want to put all that blame on joe but it just there's something missing here and i would say that joe gets a portion of the blame and unfortunately the front office gets a whole lot of the blame yeah that was where I but, was going. But next. but nobody could nobody <laughs> nobody could possibly call for Theo Epstein's head on a platter. You know, like that would be ridiculous to say that. So it's hard because you're in this position where if they hadn't won a World Series and if Theo Epstein hadn't put together this massive organizational turnaround that needs to be respected, you would look at what the front office has done with this team and say, Wow, but they've done just a terrible job. Right. Yeah. 100%. That's exactly what you would say. Because, I mean, you, you talk about just like player development alone, it's been atrocious. Like, even the players they've, they've brought up, like, had for the most part been pretty good, obviously. Like, there was no brainers like Chris Bryan and, and Kyle Schwarber, Javier Baez or whatnot. I mean, obviously, he's turned himself into a great player, but Ian Happ, there's the book still kind of out on him. Albert Almora has turned into a fourth outfielder as a first round pick. Like, that's hard to kind of swallow. 
Um, there's been no pitching prospects besides like maybe Adbert Alzelay, and we still don't know what we're going to get out of him. Like there's a lot of just, you know, player development that I think has happened and the, you know, should go credit to, to Joe Madden and to the team or whatnot. But what the front office has done is kind of spent a lot of money on guys that haven't really worked out outside of John Lester and like recently Darvish and Hayward. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of things about the Cubs having issues onboarding players to their system, mm. uh, where they they go out and acquire good players like Jason Hayward and um, Jose Quintana and other guys that just seem to their performance just drops off a bit, and then they have to kind of find their way again. Um, there have been whispers that that that's an organizational problem. Um, there's also the the fact that you know look, look at the players who have really developed under this regime. And you talk about Chris Bryant, a guy who was a polished college player, whose dad was a former minor league player who basically is his personal hitting coach. Right. Uh, and, and that's no secret. Everyone knows that Bryant works with his dad on his swing. So the amount of impact the Cubs as an organization have had on developing Bryant as an offensive player, I think is, is probably smaller than the average. Um, Javier Baez, he's developed, um, over the last couple of years, but that was also a Jim Hendry pick. Uh, mm-hmm. Wilson Contreras, Jim Hendry signing. Uh, Anthony Rizzo was drafted by this front office in Boston and then reacquired here, but he was developed in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the players that they did draft themselves have been disappointments to a degree. Kyle Schwarber has had an okay season this year, but he's never really reached that ceiling that they – uh, that they said that he had, um, they really kind of were there, the major hype men for Kyle Schwarber for a long time. Oh my and God. he's never hit that, that hype level that David Ortiz in uh, left field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ian Happ, Albert Almora, uh, all, all these guys, um, Addison Russell, you know, take, take his kind of personal life out of it. Uh, look at him just as a player. He's nowhere near the Barry Larkin they were told they were getting. So, yeah, they, they've done a terrible job developing the talent they have because there's no question that these guys who haven't met expectations are talented. Um, and you could probably throw Jorge Soler in there, although he, he had injuries when he was with the team. Right. But uh, but the, the guys who have really carried them over the years – uh, Jake Arrieta, who they acquired in a deal. Granted, they developed him, but it, I think a lot of that was more letting him be him, whereas right. the Orioles were restricting him from being him. Uh, guys like Dexter Fowler, who they acquired in a deal. Um, you know, a, a lot of these guys that came in and, and really helped push this team to a World Series, it was a lot of smart moves, but there's no real proof of organizational development and then we could get into the whole lack of being able to draft pitchers that actually come up and make a difference on the team uh so yeah the cubs have been i mean as much as success as they've had the last few years if you really wanted to take a negative look at it you could say they've been pretty poor developing talent yep Definitely. And I mean, I, one thing I, I will say is like kudos to all to them for finding these guys. Like obviously they have an eye for player development in the sense that they can identify talent. Like that's always been something that's been for them pretty good. Like they always seem to find guys that work out in that regard. But um, 
in terms of what they've been able to make on their own, I honestly hadn't really thought about it until you really pointed out, you know, like Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras, arguably their core four guys weren't really guys that came strictly right out of the Cubs system. Like they were kind of planted and brought in outside of Bryant. But even then, like, you know, he's a whole different animal in terms of what he's doing in the offseason with his dad and swinging and constantly making adjustments. So I don't know. It's, it's a weird weird team but i i think this off season is something i'm honestly looking forward to i want to see the cubs blow some things up maybe not necessarily i mean there was a rumor yesterday that came out that chris bryant and the cubs were reportedly going to be listening to trade offers from chris bryant this off season which like you know i'm sure they do more often than they admit but i don't know that's unnerving if i'm chris bryant and i'm hearing that so i i'm interested to see what they do and what direction they go with this team because right now like even if they make the postseason i think you and i would agree like I wouldn't consider them World Series contenders. Yeah, and I mean, even if they somehow won the World Series this year, which I'm not ruling out because baseball is baseball and they're still, right. you know, only a game and a half back in the division uh, and I think setting them on a wild card spot. So it's very possible they could win a World Series. It, if there's any team that doesn't look all that good on the field but still has a shot at a World Series, I think it's the Cubs because they have right. a history with their starting rotation. They have the the offensive firepower to do it. And they've finally, I think, are getting to a point where they've got some decent arms that you could rely on in the bullpen. So I could see them putting it together and doing it, even if it is unlikely. But yeah, I, I don't think even winning a World Series would save this team from the inevitable fact that they're very flawed and that you can't can't come into the next season with Jason Hayward as your everyday center fielder. You know, I, I love Nick Castellanos. I, I think he's great. I think I could probably even get behind extending him or, or signing him as a free agent, even if you're giving him some pretty decent money in the off season. I could also get behind letting him go because he doesn't really have a spot yeah. and he doesn't play center field. But if you wanted to bring him back as your everyday left fielder or right fielder, I could get behind that um, so long as Jason Hayward's and I, I guess he would be your left fielder. Hayward ha- would have to be your right fielder and you'd have to be capitalizing on the decent season that Schwarber's had in the second half uh, by trading him somewhere, maybe for pitching, maybe for a center fielder. Um, but that I, I think that there's, there's too many quarter outfielders who need to play pretty much every day for you to bring Castellanos back without making another move. Right. Right. I, I think that's that's a great question, too. Wondering what Castellanos is going to be going. I mean, I, I'd love to see him back as a Cub, too. Um, I don't know if I'd pay him a ton of money necessarily, but I think he's earned himself probably a good contract at this point. So, I mean, I, I'd be OK with that. But then, yeah, you have to figure out who's playing center field because it, it can't be Hayworth long term. Like this yeah, is then, already too long, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he's earned himself a good contract. And I guess you could look at it and say, would you rather have Castellanos or Schwarber? Uh, knowing that Schwarber is going to make a lot less money. Um, obviously, I, I don't care about the money, but you, know, right. you have to look at it from the standpoint of if you sign Castellanos and deal Schwarber, uh, what what does that cost you? And does it cost you the, being able to go after Garrett Cole? Uh, so, I mean, the, there are questions to be had. The Cubs have a lot of money coming off the books in this offseason, and then they also have the new deal with Marquee Network. They're supposedly supposed to have more money coming in that they can spend mm-hmm. but we, we've done this podcast so many times we just don't know 
what the Ricketts family is going to allow them to do. At this point last year, we thought that they were ready to give out a hundred, a three hundred million dollar contract to Bryce Harper, and that's <laughs> yeah, that close. You took the words out of my mouth, man. Um, <laughs> exactly that. Like we just don't know what their their budget's going to look like. We don't know what their books are going to quite look like. I mean, we know guys are leaving this team, and there'll be some money to spend with what they've got in terms of just who's leaving and then the influx of cash. But God, I mean, who, for all we know, the Rickets can be like, Oh, awesome. More money to put in our pockets, but you know, whatever <laughs> we could, <laughs> there's a rabbit hole. We could walk down here, but I'm not sure we want to do that. <laughs> um, but in terms of this game, how much did you, uh, did you watch this game tonight, Ryan? I watched most of it. Mm. Um, that's kind of how I've been with the Cubs lately. They've been so inconsistent and I've been kind of stepping away from, baseball and writing and social media i've got some other projects i have going on Mm -hmm. that i'm kind of keeping under my hat right now but uh yeah i I watched most of the game uh i watched it was one to one and then i kind of followed it on my phone that's what i've done for most games um instead i watched the good place with my daughter nice because she's getting she's she's getting into it so yeah no i i paid attention i saw that carrot i watched caratini's first homer and then i uh her i you know saw that he did on game day with his second homer and watched the video. I saw that Craig Kimball came in, pitched pitched a good ninth. Um, After kind of a shaky start, Kimball's been really good. Right. Uh, I know I looked, I looked at his stats. Uh, The, that first game he pitched with the Cubs was okay. And then the next two were really bad. And then he had one bad one in Milwaukee where he didn't get anybody out, gave (laughs) up two home runs and blew the game. But uh, overall, uh, Kimbrel's been really good in his last like 16 games. So, uh, yeah, no, that's coming around, which you kind of knew it would. You right. kind of figured there would be some rust to start after sitting out that long. But, yeah, so he's been good. The bullpen in general is looking about as good as it has all season, which doesn't say a lot. Right. But I finally feel like going down the stretch, the fact that both – Kinsler and Cishek got DL stints, sorry, IL stints. They're not like leading the league in appearances anymore. So you kind of feel like maybe they could be usable down the stretch and into October. And so I look at the back end of the bullpen and see, you know, Kyle Ryan, Rowan Wick, who's been really good, Cishek, Kinsler, and Kimbrell. And I think that's a bullpen that if you get six or maybe six and a third, six and two thirds or seven, out of a starter in October, that that's a winnable game. Right. I, I think there's definitely stability there, and you can rely on these guys. Because for a while, it felt like every other night, someone else was getting teed up, and it was never like the same guy in two nights. It was like Kinsler one night, and then it was, you know, Rowan Wick another night, and then, you know, someone get sent down and brought up, and that person would get lit up, and it was just like, what do we need to do? So I, I think Kimbrell being there obviously is a huge piece, and like you said, it was going to take a moment, but he's found himself for sure, and the rest of this bullpen looks great. Um, for this game, though, John Lester, he had like an okay start. Like watching it, you wouldn't think he was doing well, but then you look at his line, you know, six innings, five hits, one earned run, three walks, four strikeouts, and that solo shot, but – um, he's that's kind of how all his starts have been recently where they, they're just very messy. They aren't very clean, but he works himself out of jams essentially through the five, six innings he throws. And that's a John Lester start now, which is pretty not fun to watch, but it, <laughs> it gives me hope. For yeah. A I mean, he's kind of turned in. 
Yeah, he's kind of turned into a junk baller, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I mean, it was inevitable. We all kind of knew that. We knew the deal when they signed it. Right. And basically, I mean, this is what it is for all long-term contracts like this. You hope that you get three or four really good years and a few back-end years. You know you're paying extra money for what you got before. And nobody will ever argue, regardless of what Lester does from this point forward on this contract, no one will ever argue that it was a bust. Uh, right. Lester gave the Cubs everything that you asked for. And if he's essentially a number five starter, which I think is pretty much what he is, what he's been this year, um, then that's fine. You know, you, you just deal with it because that's the deal. But right. um, yeah, today he made it through six innings. He, I, I think you would say gutted out six innings, despite yeah. the fact that, you know, he, uh, with he got the first two outs in each of the first three innings when I was watching, <laughs> yeah. and then and then the first inning he gave up a homer and then got two guys on base and then got out of it and then the second inning he get, got the first two outs and then the next two guys got on base and he got out of it and the third inning two outs then the next two guys got on base and he got out of it I mean it's just you know he he doesn't have the command to not walk people anymore. He's not fooling people. He's giving up hard contact and a lot of contact in general. Uh, the ball's flying out of the ballpark like crazy, which it has all year. So, I mean, he's given up more homers. So, yeah, it's been a struggle for Lester the majority of the time. And in general, if he continues at this kind of pace, it does make me wonder if the Cubs do win the division and get into a guaranteed NLDS are you lining him up in your top four at this point? He, he's the one I'd leave out right now. Like, and as crazy as that is, like, I think Lester might be better coming in for two innings after like a guy like, you know, I don't know, Quintana or whoever goes five. Like, I think that's the better role for him right now than it would be to, I don't know, put him out for five, six innings and be like, well, let's hope he doesn't get annihilated by the Dodgers. Right, and the other guy who you could even there's only one other guy that you could make an argument that he hasn't been as good as John Lester, or or that I'm sorry that he that that maybe John Lester you could be arguing that you might be able to take this other guy out, and that's Cole Hamels. Yeah, he hasn't been quite the same since coming off the DL, damn it, IL, but you know like he's also a veteran. So you're talking about your two veteran guys have been kind of the pitchers that have struggled lately, whereas Darvish has been phenomenal. Kyle Hendricks, despite this last start, has been, you know, Kyle Hendricks pretty much all year. Right. Jose Quintana has been fairly good all year. So those guys, I think, are your guaranteed one, two, three in some order if you get there. It's just debatable at this point who your number four is. And I, I would say that probably Cole Hamels, if everything stays the same right now, that would be your number four. That's who I would go with. At least Cole Hamels can touch 94 sometimes. You know, John Lester, is, is, as much as I love him, like, you know, 91, 92, and with suspect command and not really coming at you with anything that's going to fool you, um, it's not great. Like, he was getting by the last couple of years because he was still nailing the corners and, you know, doing classic John Lester, dotting, dotting the corners in the top and bottom half of the zone. He was doing great there, and that that works out because when you're locating there, you're still not getting hit hard. But the hard contact is really what's going to ruin it for him. <laughs> like you can't let guys just smoke balls off you. I mean, not everyone's going to be the Mets and be dysfunctional at times. So I don't know. You, I feel like you're just playing with fire if you're if you're going to send Lester out there, unless you're really just feeling like he's got the confidence to go out there and 
be John Lester that he has been the postseason in years past. Yeah. But um so uh you mentioned the Brewers series. Yeah. Uh I was just I'm I'm curious. I think the Cubs are facing uh, I, I was gonna say, you know, after I, I mentioned that the Cubs have been really good at uh, hitting against good pitchers this year and really bad at hitting against junk ballers. Looks like they've got Chase Anderson, uh, Zach Davies, and Gio Gonzalez in this series against the Brewers. So so yeah. the big question is, will they get swept or lose two of three? <laughs> I, I feel like a sweep would be exactly what would happen to the Cubs right now when they're starting to feel good about themselves. So I hope that doesn't happen, but man, doesn't it feel like the Brewers who have just kind of like stumbled through this last month of baseball go up against the Cubs and just like score 25 runs in the series. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is how I feel. It's like a, it, this could be a, in any order, but I feel like, you know, okay. So Chase Anderson is gonna like give up a lot of contact, but it'll be line outs or, or he'll like yeah. get out of jams and he'll end up going five innings and give up one run and they'll lose the game three to one or three to two or something like that. And then uh, yeah. the, the, the next night it'll be, you know, uh, the Cubs actually beat up the pitcher and, and score four runs, uh, but, you know, they give up seven runs or something like that and the bullpen implodes. And then the final game it'll just be Gio Gonzalez eating them alive, seven shutout innings on 80 pitches. <laughs> <laughs> and the comes loose <laughs> like that that's yeah. that's how you script this team yeah you anticipate the pain before they they can surprise you with it um but yeah no i mean that's that's what this is man i mean this is just for whatever reason the brewers just seem to eat the cubs alive with their pitching and they can't do anything with it, but yeah, Chase Anderson. Uh, I mean, like I'm looking at the the OPS numbers for the Cubs right now in the preview on baseball um, baseball reference right now. The Cubs have like like Chris Bryant's OPSing 975 and 28 plate appearances. You've got Happ in four plate appearances, OPSing 1167, but then like Rizzo in 25 plate appearances, OPSing 377. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like. Co- Kyle Schwarber OPSing 521 and 16 plate appearances. Like, what is going on? Like, what? This man sucks. Like, he's not good. Like, I'm sorry. Like, everyone in the Brewers rotation is essentially like a collection of like veteran has beens or fourth rotation guys. Like, that's what this is. And the Cubs. Yeah. Like, they might as well be yeah. facing Nolan Ryan. <laughs> right. I, I feel like they'd score three runs off Nolan Ryan with the way this team is like but those guys terrify me um but you know the pessimism isn't totally warranted it's worth pointing out that even though they got swept by the nationals they're what eight and three in their last 11 so they've actually overall been playing pretty well lately yeah they 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 have been honestly they've run into the cardinals a little bit and i think they lost two or three against them but they're they're playing better baseball it's just that the cardinals and cubs have just by some like miraculous way been able to outpace them a little bit right now, which is obviously great for the Cubs, but I I'm, I'm nervous about this series. I, I think this is going to feel like a postseason series because the Brewers know that, you know, if they lose these games to the Cubs, it could kind of really push them back in this division and it could be their season. I mean, it's maybe there's still a month to play and everything's still kind of 
all over the place and then still face the Cubs, I think, one more time and a few more NL Central com- opponents, obviously. But, I mean, this is we're at the point now where, like, this division is going to have to be decided soon and every team's going to be facing each other, so they can't just keep, like, <laughs> screwing themselves and keeping the other team alive by nonsense at much longer. Yeah, I mean, we all know that September is right around the corner, but it's still late August, so I think we kind of forget just how little baseball is left. But the Cubs have this five-game homestand. I get three against Milwaukee, two against Seattle. Uh, all very winnable games. You mean, really, you should be able to win at least three of those five, maybe four. And then they've got a road trip to Milwaukee and San Diego, and then a homestand against the Pirates, Reds, and four against the Cardinals. Then a road trip where you go three to the Pittsburgh Pirates, three to St. Louis, and the season's over. So your last 10, seven of them are against the Cardinals and three are against the Pirates in the last week of the season when the Pirates will pretty much have their bags packed and be planning their vacations because they've been so bad mm-hmm. that the, those guys are just ready to go home. So, you know, you've got six games against the Pirates. You've got seven against the Brewers who are really falling out of it. You've got two against Seattle who have been really bad. The Padres have been no good in the second half. The Reds will be out of it by the time that you're playing them. You've got seven against the Cardinals and then a whole bunch of winnable games. And, you know, I think the majority of the total games at home, they've got a schedule where this team has no excuse if they blow it. I mean, you would think for the Cubs, like, all right, perfect. This is where we, you know, get to stretch our legs out and hopefully get this division underneath us. But I mean, I'm just not confident in this team. I mean, they matched their season high win streak of five games a couple days ago. Like, like what, <laughs> you know, like they've only won five games in a row. Like that's their longest win streak. Like it's just, it's just so bad. I, I don't know. And I'm, I'm nervous about them being in this wild card spot. Cause obviously they've been garbage on the road outside of this Mets series. Like I, I, there's just so many weird stigmas about this team that, that I don't think like a normal fan base would, would look at and be like, Oh, okay, whatever. But since it's the Cubs and like, they're just good at finding like ridiculous ways to be bad. I'm, I'm just anticipating the nonsense. Yeah. Maybe you just can't, no. You can't predict anything. I'm, I'm in my uh, tongue-in-cheek predictions on this series against the Brewers, but you just don't know what's going to happen. They could sweep them. They could win two or three. I don't. I just don't know what's going right. to happen with this. I no clue, no clue. But I mean, I'm I'm going to enjoy watching. Hopefully, uh, at least I tell myself that. Um. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say. I mean, has, has this been? I I mean, you're probably a little young for this, but. The only other team that I can remember being this good in the sense of wins and losses that was as unenjoyable as this team is I is the 2004, 2004. Um, <laughs> that that team was by the end they were thoroughly unenjoyable right. to watch and uh, that was more about infighting than anything else and bullpens that blew the game but you know with this team it's not so much infighting it's the bullpen it's finding weird ways to lose it's losing winnable games and then somehow winning games where it looks like you're going to lose and the inconsistent offense and the excuse making and you know the inability to improve the team in even (laughs) obvious ways the bullpen mismanagement it's just all been just a shit show 100 percent 
it's across the board. I think just like every aspect of the Cubs, there has been some type of scrutiny that's relatively fair. And I don't think I've ever seen a team that's like be this good and, and find ways to just find more ways to be negative about. I, I don't know. So, but that being said, and all, I, th- I think it's easier to, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just one last point. I think it's easier. It's easier to accept if there's an aspect where you think they're going to be really good and then maybe injuries right. get in the way. Uh, like if they had a really stacked back into the bullpen, they had three guys get hurt. It would be more understandable. But when you have a shit show like this, especially with how bad the bullpen's been for the majority of the year, uh, and you had the fans in the offseason looking at it saying, this bullpen's really bad. Are you sure you don't want to improve it a little bit? And the Cubs say, nah, we're good. We'll just sign Brad Brock. And then it ends up the way you, like all the fans are saying, this is what we think is going to happen. Uh, and then it happens that way. And then Joe Madden has the audacity oh to tell the fans God. that they don't really understand what's going on. And Tom Ricketts told the media that people don't understand arbitration. It's just really bad. It's such a bad look and it makes... It makes the shit show way yeah, harder when to they watch. constantly shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty stupid. And they're just like, <sighs> I think the most part is like it almost comes across as either just ignorant or just like just like not caring. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's really tone deaf. That's the, I think. Yeah, maybe not ignorant, but tone deaf is really the way to look at it. I don't know. You would just think like a team. Uh, like, like, yeah, not yeah, self-aware. And you would think a team that was like so good at so many other aspects of, you know, what you thought a front office would be when they first came to Chicago to say comments like that after that, like to have your owner tell your fans that they're too stupid to understand what he's doing is like, like how, I mean, just common sense wise, like how does that help you? Like, what is that going to do? Like, come on, man. I, I, right. I don't know. But <laughs> for this weekend series, I, I, I'm nervous about it, but I there is, I mean, I can see how the Cubs have come out on top in this. And Brewers are scuffling. This is a great chance for them to really take advantage of a team that, you know, benefits them more so than just beating them, but also, you know, makes the division a little bit easier to win, hopefully. So I'm optimistic, cautiously, but I'm optimistic. So uh, is there anything you want, to, you want to talk about before I wrap up the show? Uh, no, I mean... Uh... I guess we should mention the Cardinals since I'm here. We might as well sure. talk about how they've been playing really well. I think they've won like 15 of 19 or something like that. Um, I don't believe in them as a good team. I think they probably will make the playoffs, either winning the division or in a wild card spot. Um, but they've been playing really well lately. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt's been you know, a lot better in the second half than in the first, although I think he's kind of tailed off a little recently. Yeah, he's Uh, betting like 216 in the month of August or something like that. Yeah, uh, Matt Carpenter has been bad all year. When you look up and down their lineup, if you like just look at like OPSs and OPS plus, um, Mm -hmm. the only player with an OPS plus on the season over 107 is (laughs) Marcelo Zuna, who is at 123. Paul Goldschmidt's second on the team at 107. So their offense has been bad, and yet they're, I mean, they're 11th in the league in runs. Uh, but on the flip side, they're second in ERA, even though 
if you look at their starters ERAs, you only two have been really all that good, and that's Jack Flaherty and Dakota Hudson. So I mean, they patched together a bullpen, even though Jordan Hicks is injured. Uh, they found success with Carlos Martinez as the closer. He's got 16 saves and 19 chances. John Brevy has been good. Giovanni Gallegos has been good. Um, Andrew Miller's been better lately. So uh, they've got a decent bullpen. Their starting pitching is, you know, outside of Flaherty and Hudson is okay, but not great. Uh, their offense has been scoring lately somehow, but overall is not that good. So I don't really believe in them, but I also don't really believe in the Cubs. So one of these semi-bad teams is going to win this division and probably get spanked by somebody else <laughs> in, in the postseason. Yeah. So it it is what it is. Uh, the, the one thing that I just really want to avoid is this Cubs team – you know, really rubbing salt in the wound for the fans by allowing a not so great Cardinals team to steal a crappy division and then 2006 their way to another World Series. That's that would be completely unacceptable. And it would be the most 2019 Cubs thing that they could possibly do. <laughs> yes. Uh, I just don't want that to happen, but. Yes. It it feels like it's fairly inevitable. Yeah, that just <laughs> like, like, I, just, like I, I can't uh, I can't imagine any other scenario right now. I know that's that's so <laughs> pessimistic, but as I stare at their 82 uh, 87.2% chance to make the postseason, it says they have a 4.2% chance to win the World Series, but I would probably put it at like 20% in my mind. Yeah. That seems about right. <laughs> well, Ryan, it's always great to have you on, man. I'm glad you were able to take the time to, to hop on the show. I know the Cubs are annoying, and I know people get probably annoyed when we get pessimistic, but it's more so just to poke fun at a really dumb aspect of this team. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me, man. Yeah, no, I, I love love the opportunity. Thank you for asking me to come on and, and kind of vent my frustration, just kind of joke around with you about a team that's been frustrating for us and I'm sure frustrating for the listeners if they're still with us at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like uh, th- this is this is group therapy, and I hope that the, the listener understands that this is coming from a place of love, but you know, you're probably feeling the same things we are, so just stick with it. I know, I know we all want this team to succeed but you know it just doesn't feel all that right this year yeah it's missing something for sure so we'll see what the offseason brings but you have a great rest of your day man thanks again we'll talk to you soon okay all right sounds good well that will do it for today's show remember to get this show every day you need to subscribe to lockdown cubs on the himalaya podcasting app or whatever podcasting app you use whether that's google apple spotify TuneIn app stitcher whatever app you're using make sure you subscribe to lockdown cubs leave us a five-star review and tell us what you think of the show make sure you follow us on twitter at lockdown cubs you can follow myself at sean r sears again you can follow our guest ryan davis on twitter at ryan q davis thanks for tuning into your daily cubs podcast enjoy your weekend and let's hope for a cubby sweep again huh it was pretty fun this time let's do it again this weekend you guys enjoy